What's up, everybody out there? Welcome back to yet another Addictive Podcast. Get this thing started. Huge thank you and shout out to our sponsor, Nick Wax, for sponsoring this podcast. If you guys have never heard of them, there's a link in the description. It uh, repels and restores and refurbishes your Gore-Tex. So a great, great thing to have this time of year before it starts raining. So today's subject, we're going to get deep on this one. Deep, deep. We're going to talk about our past. Oh, boy. And how we got here. And boy, is it a long long story (laughs) (laughs) no we're uh we're gonna sit down here today and we're gonna go over kind of how we all ended up around this table here and how cameron and i ended up guiding um how josh became such an avid fisherman and grew such a love for it and uh kind of let you guys in into our brains a little bit and show you show you where we come from why we wake up every day yeah usually why why is that because there's fish in the river, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, damn. It's harder to wake up when they're not there. That's why, I wake sure. up, why I wake up on the weekends. Exactly. Because <laughs> I'm a weekend warrior. The other time you're just forced to wake up. Yes, yes. I feel you there. But uh, yeah, so I mean, just to kick it right off, you know, I have uh, I've been guiding a lot less time than my, my good friend Cameron over here. Um, I think this is going to be, this will be my seventh year of renewing my guide license. And um you know, it has, it has been quite the ride, and I swear it gets harder and harder. You know, uh, you'd think it gets easier, and you get to kind of coast a little bit more as you further on in your career. I think that kind of works that way with most careers, you know, as you work your way up the totem pole. But I feel like with guiding, you end up just continually and, and constantly working more and more and more as the years go on. You know, you start filling up more of those days. You have more of those return clients. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we could probably both agree it's well worth it. Oh yeah. And one thing you know, you talk about it being tougher and tougher, you know, I think certain aspects of the business are extremely tough when we start, you know, we're, we're, we're grinding for people. We're younger. And I, I mean, I hate to say, that, and I just know this from a lot of guides myself. I mean, you're probably, you probably do a point too, where, you know, being a younger, you know, young twenties, it's, it's tough to try to get some of these guys to, to go fishing. But I feel like as you kind of establish that more and more into your career and you get those people and you get those good return clients mm-hmm. and you build that great base, but then the fishing, like just the fishing challenges you because like, I mean, what we were doing five, Ted, myself, 15 years ago yeah. is not what we're doing now. Like to any, I mean, yeah. Okay. We have buoy 10, but I mean like now everything from like where we had summer Chinook runs and then we didn't have them and now we kind of do again. And then you know, Epic Sockeye run, run, summer steelhead runs, Epic like, yeah. 600,000 summer Trying to fill runs. up an entire year's season worth of fishing. Yeah. 15, 16 years ago when I started, I didn't think I'd ever guide Kokanee. Yeah. And now it's probably my second, it's probably my second, yeah. honestly, producing uh, aspect of the business now. Yeah. And it's like, because like I said, things have changed. So I think that's one thing that's kept it really interesting is it's definitely not the same. Yeah. Every year, every day is a little different. Um, well, you're not showing up to the same office every day either. No, that's know, Especially true. with how you fish and how I've grown to start fishing. It's a very constant chase. I mean, we are traveling. And running around and, and moving with the fish and going to where we know there's going to be the most and the best opportunity. Um, now, one thing I was going to comment on too, I think just the guides have changed a lot too. Like Josh, you, one of your good family friends that you guys have gone out with yeah. every year for your whole life, you know, that he he is a different fishing guide. And in his, um, uh, what's the word? he's even like, like Cameron's done, he's had to become more diverse yeah. because of what we've been dealt as far as fisheries go. But at least we still have them. 
And I think we'll yeah. still have them for, you know, quite a while here still. But um, it is an interesting road how any fishing guide, you know, gets to the point where, and, and there's a lot of fishing guides out there. I think we can all agree. I used to have a joke, you know, back in like 2014. It was any union electrician with a jet boat was a fishing guide because there was a lot of fish. You could go guide two days a week and call yourself a registered fishing guide and, you know, and fill two, three days a week. But, you know, nowadays, because of these runs, because of these things, we've been necked down so much that, you know, there's like a, a fleet of full-time guys that don't have other jobs that take up most of their time that, you know, that are out there fishing, which almost makes it even a little more challenging because there's stiffer competition, you know. Yeah. You are dealing with the same other guides and the same pressure from other fishermen every day, let alone just on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know. But, yeah, no, to, to your point, like in 2014 and 15, at least in the state of Washington, we had, we had over 700 guides um, registered in the state. Now we're down in the low 500s. So yeah, it kind of gives, yeah, gives you a little bit of a idea that, you know, where this dynamic, and even though it does seem like, you know, you see it on the interwebs and you see, oh, there's, there's more so guides now, there's guides. more guides. Actually, there's not. There's quite a few less. It's like saying there's more fishermen. And, and, but the problem is, it's just, honestly, those fishes, those fisheries, excuse me, are getting a, impacted and concentrated and there are more and more seems spots, like there's more guides because you only get two days yeah <laughs> so yeah, everyone yeah. new guys is there yeah and know? and let's be honest too a lot of our you know a lot of this has been state induced but a lot of our salmon and steelhead runs you know instead of them stretching over periods like i mean winter steelhead like i mean for instance 15 years ago 16 years ago it was nothing for me to be taking my drift boat down one of my local rivers in november and limiting out on steelhead like it was I'll be honest they with you. Taking candy from I, baby. I didn't like, know crap yes. back then. Not like I know now. And I mean, it was nothing. And it was nothing for me and the 10 boats on that stretch of river to all limited out on steelhead. Yeah. Good luck catching one in November in our neck of the woods now. You get one, you're like, oh boy. I still talk sweet. about the one I caught in November last right. year. Right. Yeah, there's the one. <laughs> We're still talking about it. I mean, it was nothing to have winter steelhead before Halloween. Like, if you didn't have a couple of them before Halloween, yeah. you were nothing. We and it's like, now those, those ones are, I mean, yeah, okay. Like you said, you got one last year, some in December. Do you trickle in? I mean, that, for, the, for the guiding purposes, that, that run is gone. Mm. I mean, those yeah, runs are gone. I would have so already been started on winter steelhead right now. Yeah, no kidding. It's, no, it's the rain that's coming. Oh, I would have yeah. been like, okay, let's go game time it, it would have been game time. so the, so the fisheries have been really compacted down and so that's that's obviously you know i think and i'm i mean i'll be honest with you too in, in, in my 16 and a half years of freaking guiding it's i've seen a lot of guys come and go and it's like not being you know you can't be a one-trick pony in this industry and those guys that survived only on you know at least in the area and and, and they weren't traveling too hard they you know, only survived on like Chinook or only survived on Winter Steelhead. Like they they ain't around anymore. No, no, and that's I can attribute to that very you know close to heart for me is uh, I named my guide business when I first started after the fishery <laughs> that I fished because that's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's right. Why don't you go about, back there? That's, that's what I was gonna say. When you started talking about diversity, I was like, when I first met you, that's all you were doing was raft trips, and, at that point, and now you've had to, to diversify. Anything, right, that's you know? true. And I learned very quickly that if you want to make You were money, still filling weeks. I mean, you were filling I was, days. I was, but the fishery was fully busy. Yeah. And think about it. Yeah, I was very lucky. I thought I had it easy at first, for sure. Yeah. It's some of the best runs we've seen in our short lifetime, you know. And, and I just want to interject here. Just one. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get off the subject of this. But like, like you said, for instance, that river, 
right, had probably chrome fish in it 365 days a year. It's mm-hmm. very similar to the one mm-hmm. that I fish on a lot. Yep. And and I'll just say this right now, and I can say this as stone-faced as I can, that the wild fish groups have absolutely just cannibalized that river of the hatchery runs. And now that has forced you to move mm-hmm. because those fish, just, they just don't exist. I don't care how good you are. Right. If there's no targets in the water to catch, well, I guess you might as well take up fly fishing. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, or <laughs> little joke, little joke, oh, or yeah, sightseeing, yeah, or yeah, you, yeah. that's right, echo e- tours. E- yeah. Right. There and so, so you've seen this. So, like I said, the guys that only wanted to live and die on that river, well, they've they've gone and found other things. Yeah. Or they've retired, or they've they've moved on, and and uh, you know, you've adapted, and you you know you're a damn good fisherman. I feel like you could probably just go anywhere where there's some targets, and you're good enough, and you'll find your guys' fish yeah. and. And like I said, if you're not in that mindset, especially in this day and age in this industry, it ain't happening for you. So to go back a little ways, you guys were talking about starting out mm-hmm. and getting a base. And like, I kind of know Cameron's story just because I've heard a little bit of it. But I think it'd be cool to hear both of your guys' stories as yeah. far as like what took you there, what made you decide that that was what you wanted to do. Obviously, because you love fishing, but right. who turns their hobby into their job? So what made you do it? I mean, it is a. I'm gonna try to make it short and sweet. It is a long story, but I've said for a long time that the best guides around, you know, the people that we know and identify as the best guides, they didn't just happen to like. They didn't come up with the idea they wanted to do it and became the best. Like, yeah. Clearly, you're born for it. It's it's a it's a thing, and the the teaching and the 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 thought process and the ambition. So there's and a lot more than just being a good. Fisherman, oh God, for sure. it's it's so much. It's it's being personable and and being hardworking Patience. and driven. <laughs> but so, I got out of high school, didn't go to college, went to work, farming, ranching, went and worked in Alaska on a tugboat for three four years as a longshoreman. Came home, had enough money, bought a raft, did all the. I know, I'd fished for salmon and stuff my whole life growing up. Really liked it. My dad wasn't really into it. He liked to catch walleye, so. My buddies and I, we've started fishing on the river where I'm from. Um, and quickly after I stopped doing that job, I started climbing cell towers and really spending a lot of time on the river, driving, doing the addicted thing, getting off at five, yeah. driving all the way up the mountain to go fish the last hour of light to catch two salmon. You know what I mean? And really kind of saw that's, you know, that's what I loved and that's what I wanted. And luckily I'd grown up in central Oregon uh, near a river where, there was guides and outfitters and people that did it for a living. So I kind of got that sense that it was a thing, you know, like my parents are both hardworking people They, you know, nothing came easy or free for them. And uh, so I got that little glimpse into that outfitter world and that idea that you can do this kind of thing for a living. And, you know, if you offer a good time, make a name for yourself, it, you can have a real career, you know. Um, so I came up with a little idea and you know, had a raft, started fishing a lot. And I said, you know, this is what I want to do is I want to try it. So I, uh, basically sold out and in the mix, I moved into this little house over in central Oregon, met one of my good friends who was a very well-known fisherman, traveled all over the world, um, did a lot of different fishing and he kind of encouraged me to do it. He was that kind of that, you know, the the angel on the shoulder saying yeah i feel like that's not uncommon to have a mentor yeah yeah the guys you know out ages me by 25 years but he had been through he's from castle rock washington he'd been around he'd seen it all fished all over the world and kind of gave me that little spirit to to really go and and try it so i quit my job almost 10 years eight years ago now and uh 
got a guide's license and got a new raft and went to running. And I, I was lucky where I grew up. I did a lot of, of hunting guiding on like private bird ranches and stuff. So that was my in basically that, have clients, it, that was my end to clients the interaction yeah. with clients. and so yeah. i quit my job gave a six-month notice i was climbing cell towers at the time given notice saved up a bunch of money i didn't just go from scratch you know i was supporting myself i knew i had to make it this long without making a lot of money so i was guiding rafting trips and whitewater trips uh all summer and would guide steelhead and stuff all winter and would commercially harvest morel mushrooms in the spring and just I mean, just lived off the land and worked hard. And then, um, heck, four or five years, four years ago, I was working for a lodge in Alaska, going back and forth to Alaska, and met Marlon at the sportsman show. And was working hard, was making money, was, you know, but any fishing guide, I love it. If you're a fishing guide and you're busy right off the bat, it's because your dad's a guide or you had some sort of avenue that some just fed you clientele. Yeah. Pretty much go fishing a lot and tell everybody your guide until people start calling you. Yeah. Like that's just how fishing guys fill your boat with buddies, do whatever so, you can. Was working hard, mm. working in Alaska, <laughs> and met Marlon at the sportsman show and said, Hey, you want to go fish this river? And I'm pretty certain at first, like you could probably and you could attest for this, he just wanted to go see that section of river and like see if you guys could go float it yourselves because you'd fished up there, you thought it was, you know, you knew it was cool, you knew it was good. Then he figured out he couldn't float it. Yeah, and we went up there and we fished and He's became like, man, close I need friends. The, I need this guy. And then shortly after, I got to take Josh and his dad out, and we had an awesome day. And then uh, Marlon tells me, he goes, "Oh, we're going to go to Alaska and film this salmon fishing movie." And I go, "Oh no way, where?" You know, and he goes, "Oh, so and so." And I'm like, "Well, that's where I'm going to be for the next three months." You know, let me know the dates, and I'll jump on board and I'll guide you guys, and we'll make this thing happen. And uh, now we're sitting at this table. Yeah. Years later. That's it. The rest you can watch it's on the YouTube fall, channel. Yeah, it all falls into place. <laughs> really, it was yeah. it was the where the wind blew. You know, it's I stepped into this uh, this uh, field of work and fell in love with it and was driven enough to you know make it happen. So, okay, so seven eight years. So now now you're here. You're with the dick did. Where where are you going now? You're just gonna ride this for the next fifty years and. All over the world. All over the world. Yeah. Yeah, you've done some stuff in Chile. Yeah, I've been to South America, been all over Alaska. Haven't really got to explore a lot of the U.S. Very, very anxious to go to Canada. Um, I can see myself, you know, sticking it out with sea run, you know, salmonoid species for quite a while. I, yeah. don't, I'm, I don't get bored. No Midwest. Exactly. I don't get bored with them. You know, I love the places that these fish take us i love the rivers and the white water and and you know all the adventure that comes with chasing these fish and we live in a pretty crazy world where you can open up google maps and pick a fishing hole on the other side of the planet yeah and get and go there you know what i mean like it's the plane right away and a few good friends met along the way and uh, you know the opportunity and the friends and the people that addicted is open doors to is uh you know you can't put really put a value on it, you know. We can. And you're dealing every with one life. of us can be in a plane in an airport in you know Denver, Colorado, and somebody's gonna come up and want to take a picture or say hi or like you have friends everywhere now. Maybe you know me. You know what I mean? But like we we've gotten that. That's hard to do. Yeah. You know, I, I could we could potentially be almost anywhere in the world. When I went to Chile, the kid I ended up hooking up with goes, "Oh, you're Jordan from Madrid." No way. Because he's trying to figure out how to catch salmon. He's watching salmon That's videos crazy. online, trying to figure out how to catch these darn things. You know, yeah. and um, so 
I have no clue. It's very, uh, it's an unsettling feeling, you know. You know, I'm not as fortunate to have family and, and kids coming up like, like Cam does. But uh, I have no clue where the next few years are going to take us. Cam's having a baby? Huh? No. <laughs> no, he's not. I don't know. We're just going to keep fishing and we're going to keep bringing all these wonderful people awesome videos from everywhere. Yeah, yeah that's the goal. And you know, that, you, know, like, you know, you were talking about going everywhere and it's like, yeah, except this year. Darn it. Oh, man. I know. I know. But you know, we're Such ready. Bad FOMO we're, we're, right now. We're, chomp, we're chomping at the bit. <laughs> oh, Such God. bad what? FOMO. Fear missing out. Yeah, it's been a rough FOMO. year. Is that a new th- is that like yellow? It's like born like, in like the 80s. Born in the 80s word. FOMO? Yeah. You wouldn't understand. Fear of missing too. out. Yeah. I've it's like an internet I thing. Suck. I suck. I have not heard that. You no no okay none of the producers none of the producers heard of you. Oh, there you go. So. FOMO? That one's free. <laughs> I've heard of FOMO. I don't have FOMO. Wow. But yeah, <laughs> how, uh, you know, off of that, on to you. Oh gosh, my story is not that exciting because like it has to revolve. Well, I mean, love of I fish, no, it did. Really, I did. Really, I used like, to ride my bike down to the you river. Were born to do it. I was born you know? to do it. You know, dad fished a little bit of trout, a little bit of bass, but. Grew up, grew up on one of the local rivers, and used to, ride to cut my... you off. I almost feel like it was better that way. What? We lived right down the street from one of the best salmon steelhead rivers in Oregon, and my dad did not fish. Yeah, and same with it sounds like yep. your dad. Yeah, like finding dad that drive either. to do it yourself, I think really it's was real, a big it's part. It's like of the it. kid that doesn't want to ride dirt bikes, and his dad's like, "You have to ride dirt bikes because you're going to be pro." Yeah, mm-hmm. but your dad doesn't want to go fishing with you, so you're like, "Okay, I guess I'll just go by myself." You know, that's a just that's another out. topic for another another podcast but that's why I, where i really try to tread lightly with Layden. Yeah. he's got the drive he's got it i don't want to like you I, don't want to push him you almost push him to the point but where we're not gonna we're not gonna go to that because i grew up i grew up on a on a uh on the river you know maybe like a mile away kind of a thing and going to high school and talking to the kids that were getting out there and chasing all the steelhead you know i literally started riding my bike down the river i can still remember pulling up to one of the most famous holes that marlon still loves to fish casting out a green steely spoon and hooking my first summer and it absolutely freaking blew change you absolutely blew it up i lost it i broke it off at the bank didn't even know what the hell i hooked and i was like from that point on it was like well that's what i'm doing and i used to get i even remember one time i got suspended from school for skipping school to go steelhead fishing so then i just went and did more steelhead fishing yeah like (laughs) it's just like yeah that's where that went so I started going to college and I started in down Vancouver and I was working at a coffee shop right, right by region five, uh, fish and wildlife. And those couple of the guys in the office used to come in every day for coffee and I'd be sitting there making their mocha. I like 18. You're, a, a, bar- you're a barista. A barista. <laughs> yep. Sorry to God. Maybe I, I didn't did it, know I did story. it for like a year and I be I did it. Like I said, said day I turned 18, but I was going to Clark and I could go in there in the morning I could work for three, four hours. I yeah. talked to these fish and wildlife guys, you know, every day. And then. I'd go to go to class or go to labs or go to whatever I needed to do. And they said, Hey, they're like, you know, when this season opens up, we might have a job for you. And so I applied to the majestic at that time it was called the Squawfish program, but it was the year it changed <laughs> to the Northern Pike Middle Pike program. Middle. Got hired onto that. And then within the first year working those things, basically a lot of the guys in the office were like, This is not your deal. Like, how about we step you into like commercial observation and some of the more uh some of the more out of boundsies and outdoorsy kind of stuff. So I went to that and I shoot, I did everything from do surgeries on oversized sturgeon to chum staining surgery. I mean, everything that basically the region could offer, but about 
two years in, about two years before I left, I decided to get my guide license. And unfortunately, it was getting a little me holding the guide license while I was working for Fish and Wildlife. And some of the inner office politics were kind of going around. And basically, I was told by one of the higher ups one time, they're like, I don't know if we really like you having a guide license and working on the CRM, which is like the Columbia River Management stuff, you know, collecting data because I could skew the data or I could be biased because I was doing a lot of commercial. Yeah. sampling a lot of sport sampling and like you know and just kind of realized that a lot of the opportunities that i was having within there and i wasn't really like a state worker guy just i i, I could not push a broom for four hours to finish out my day in the garage to collect yeah. a paycheck kind of thing and just did not enjoy it but was making good money on the weekends guiding and i was 24 25 at the time so you know what i'm out and uh literally just Turned my wand in, turned my data loggers in, and just just bailed, and started guiding right there. I think that's Turkey. maybe the most vivid memory in most guides' mind is the day yep. when they, you told yeah. yourself that's what you're gonna do. I was yeah. hanging off the top of a tower in the gorge above the Hood River. It was like blowing like 40 miles an hour, and I was just like, "Take <laughs> over it!" it nah. was raining, and Today's I'm like, day. "I'm gonna do it." I'm like, "This is what I want to do." Because all I could think about the whole time I was up there working in this super dangerous like deadly situation I'm like God, i just want to go fishing you know i just want to be on the river in my boat and uh, just like that hey, you could probably remember vividly the, what, mm -hmm. the day you were you know it's like well, this is it i'm gonna do it you know it was funny no, it was the, it no, was, no 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 no's not the answer you yeah know? i was watching you know i was doing a lot of sampling i was watching the guides come in and and you know i didn't i didn't have necessarily somebody to take me in under my wing you know to go under their wing on any of these fisheries. A lot of these fisheries learned, but I was also just inundated in them. Like when we were doing, like when the fisheries were going and we were sports sampling, I was there and I was talking to a lot of people and I was like learning collectively from the people and like the guys, I mean, I, I knew who was successful, you know, on the rivers. Like, and I knew like, you know, you know, just kind of followed their patterns where you'd see them and just kind of like, kind of got into it that way. And like I said, to be honest with you, that's, that's not, shoot, that's 90% of, it's steel fishing for the most part. When the cars are parked. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if, there's no, <laughs> exactly. if there's no fish there to catch, you will not catch them. Yeah. Don't care how good you are. And so just learning a lot around those, learning a lot around that. And then, yeah, that was the year it, wife and I were married for like eight months. And just like I said, one day came home and just said, that's it. Done with the state. Going for it. And, what a good wife. And went for it. And that was, like I said, we've been married. We'll be married 17 years in uh july and uh 16 years ago you have to be a good wife to be married to a guide oh yeah 100%. yeah she is especially the legend <laughs> you know we had this conversation going so good until you interjected yourself into this marlin needless to say i sure haven't found one <laughs> <laughs> jordan you can't taste every candy in the still bag. taking dinner though. still taking <laughs> dinner. Dude, i'm just looking for love one. it might be in the wrong place every now and again but every time i'm just looking for love no big deal. Oh man! Josh, where uh, where did your love come from? Obviously, you have a full time. Like most everybody, no, like, included and addicted as a full time. Like job. you guys were talking about, it started like for me. It didn't start when I was a kid because I would just go like hand fishing with my mm -hmm. dad or trout fishing with my dad. But he wasn't really into fishing. So from there, for me, it turned into, I went smallmouth bass fishing a lot in the gorge. Largemouth bass fishing, that's actually where I met Marlon, pretty much, was through bass fishing. We were like the only dudes that worked at Sportsman's that were actually 
into bass fishing. Everybody else was into steelhead. So you guys did work together? Yeah. Okay. Worked at Sportsman's Warehouse together. That's actually how I met him. Um, so from there, Marlon actually started steelhead fishing, and I just continued to bass fish. I was like, I don't care. Smart they man. can have those steelhead. <laughs> but it was like maybe like a year later, I caught my first steelhead, and then it was, just, it was game over for me. There's nothing quite like it. No, there really isn't. It I don't is think a, you ever forget your first one either. No. It's a driving experience. You know, it really keeps your head sucked into that one moment. You know what I mean? And so in that process, Marlon hit me up about fishing addicts and what he wanted to do. And I think it was like a forum to begin with. Like way, this is way back when. This is like 2009 probably. Like initial, like this is what I want to do. And I helped him out with it. We kind of did some stuff with it at first. And then I was like, kind of just like fizzled out almost and people have heard this story before because i'm like the, the flat lever like i just was like kind of i didn't tell him like ah, i don't want to be a part of that but it was kind of like okay like nothing was going with the forum and then you know addicted started to take off on some youtube videos and stuff and marlon asked me if i wanted to help out and i you know of course i did and that's where i'm at right now sitting behind the microphone yeah not as involved as i'd love to be because I just don't have the freedom like I used to, but yeah. I'm still here. Still show up, make an appearance. Know. Still, still want to catch them. Yeah, make an appearance every now and then. And yeah, I still fish all the time when I can. Probably get to fish more than you can. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I've been there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's what you call guiding, because a lot of people think that oh, it's great, you guys you I mean, I fish all the time. It's like no, you're just a paid babysitter, really. One hundred percent commend you guys, because there's no doubt in my mind that at one point I wanted to be a guide. Like, yeah, let's do this. Cause I love running my dad's boat. I love fishing with family, people who know how to fish in the boat. But that's why I commend you guys because fishing with people who don't, you know, completely understand what's going on in the boat is totally different. When, when you have a boat full of people who understand the program, you're not having to explain it. It's easy. That's when guiding's like, okay, this, yeah, I could do this. It's all, it's like a hand of, it's a hand of playing poker. But then I also deckhanded for like a season at Buoy 10 with one of my guide buddies back then. And uh, I was, I told him after I was done, I was like, yes, yeah, fun, but nah, <laughs> no way, bro. <laughs> not, not me. Not, not what I'm looking to do. But yeah, I still love fishing. It's it's a it's a tough thing, and like you said, you know, every day you go out and guide, it's it's a you're getting delta delta hand in poker. Yeah. You never know Different what you're gonna get, day. and you gotta play it. That's you, the exciting part, though. It is it is to, it is to a point, but I can see why after. Yeah, you gotta have the right kind of spirit for that because yeah. sometimes you just get on bad and runs and you just patience get patience and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's it yeah. it a lot of give. That's what I explain to a lot of people. Man. You are given every bit of energy and and you know you're you're there to entertain yeah not just there to catch fish you're tell there stories to, bring, to yeah. bring an experience some of the best guided trips people go on are just the stories that they get told yeah you know and that is probably the hardest part i find not necessarily getting up in the morning not getting people on fish but just that constant like uh, constant shoveling out of of energy and excitement and you know what i mean like those people are there to just take an experience you know yeah. And that it, that it gets exhausting. They're not there to kill fish. They're there to kill fish. No, you're there to kill fish. He's there to kill fish. <laughs> that, that's just and the, that's for a whole nother point. We can really, yeah. you really want to break that stuff down? We could get into it. We're going to get into some other podcasts so got, about that. Before we wrap this up, right. I just had one quick question because 
I know that there's probably some people listening to this that are like, sometimes they're like, oh, maybe I should be a guide or I want to be a guide. What are like some tips that you could give somebody who's thinking about that's the path they want to take in life? I mean, other than you said you knew right off the bat, like that was what you wanted to do. I could tell you one right now, and this is where I've seen so many guides that I've tried to help and where I see them all failed. Every client and every person that you think, if you want to be a guide, that's going to pay you to do it. Cut whatever you think that number is into about a third. Yeah. Start with that. Because like there's a lot of expectations and a lot of people that get into it and they think that they have XYZ and then they realize they only have Z. And it I've seen it happen many, 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 many times. I'm just gonna post a post on Facebook. And yeah. well, guess what? Everybody does that now, but yeah. like there's you you really gotta can you really gotta get some expectations dialed in and you know and, and if you have that opportunity to to, to mentor or, or to find a mentor or to work for a lodge or to or to get yourself brought into that like kind of community and that kind of you know that kind of um environment then then that will help you get a real grasp of of what you're what you're getting into because like and like i said I, I can think of 10 people like off the top of my head right now that all got into it you know got big payments on boats or maybe even daddy even bought it for them you know i mean just i'm just saying like and i and they just within seems like if they can get over that two to three year hump they're in but if they can't they just they watch yeah. out so i just manage your expectations quick get those in check yeah mine kind of just backs that one up same idea but if you're gonna do it you have to give it a hundred and ten percent all the time oh yeah it ain't easy either you You know not just when you want to work hard or want to try harder you know do the right thing during the day you got to give it a hundred and ten percent all the time because you're in you're in uh you know you're in customer service that's your job you're not just working by the cash register you know you, you are the cash register you know like you have to giving it all of everything you got your and, skill, that, and that's your on mindset. and off the water yeah exactly yeah. off the water and probably yeah. more concentrated off the water than Nowadays, on the water. i think that goes for any self-employment you know but if you're going to get into it don't half-ass it and give it everything you got till it's either working or it's not you know go on with your life like i said and, and moving on from that, that's for another podcast because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're running a little long here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today, you guys. We hope yeah. you enjoyed this one. Um, we're going to be trying to do more of these kind of podcasts where we just kind of ramble on about. We might pick a topic and we might actually yeah, stick to it. Yeah, you know, and I think today <laughs> we did a good job. So smash that thumbs up. If you guys haven't already, go down here, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and uh, stay tuned till next week. Till next time, guys. See Later. You guys.